Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Paulson University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're standing up for pits with our guest, Rebecca Corey. Our guest today is a stand-up comedian, writer, animal welfare advocate, and the executive director of the Stand Up for Pits Foundation, Rebecca Corey. Stand Up for Pits is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to saving the lives of pit bull-type dogs. Today we have an awesome conversation with Rebecca, so here's that interview. All right, so we are live. We are with Rebecca Corey from Stand Up for Pits. Thank you for being with Hi. us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. We're very excited to have you. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for some time now. Tell our listeners, you know, just briefly what you do. I'm the executive director of uh, the Stand Up for Pitts Foundation. It's a 501c3 nonprofit. We are dedicated to ending the abuse, discrimination, and, you know, essentially mass murder of pit bull type dogs nationwide. And, you know, we're open. We're, we, we don't do it in just one way. We do it in, in lots of different ways. Um, and we're always open to new ideas, thinking outside the box, because clearly the old way is not working. So um, that's what we do, because I happen to think they're the best dogs on the planet. I think we agree with you. Yes, 100%. Yeah. When did you start Stand Up for Pits? When did all that get started? Um, well, I've always loved dogs more than humanity. There's no question about that from the time I can remember, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was in 2009, um, a pit bull type dog by the name of Angel came into my life and, um, essentially changed the trajectory of it. I became very, very educated on real quick on the discrimination and abuse and the, the horrific plight these dogs face on a daily basis, not only nationally, but internationally as well. And, um, what I found and what I learned was, and still is, one of the most mind-numbing and disturbing things, in my opinion, on this little rock we float on in space. And uh, I just knew that doing nothing would no longer be an option. Like, it just wasn't an option. Right. Like, after becoming educated on the plight of these dogs and how they're treated and everything that they suffer, um, just being wrongly vilified and labeled and mislabeled and killed and Beat and the list goes on and on and on and fought. And um, I just decided that I had to do whatever I could. So I'm a writer and an actress and comedian. And so I decided that um, I would use what I know best because, you know, I, 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 I'm not a dog expert, never will be. I'm not even sure. I don't even like it when people call themselves experts on anything. <laughs> I mean, especially when it comes to animals, because it's like, I don't know. I think, I think humanity is really dumb in a lot of ways. 100%. Like we, yeah, we're not <laughs> experts. They are. So I just knew that, you know, what I, I needed to do what I could do. And it's what I encourage everybody else to do. Like do what you can work with what you got, but you can make a difference in every effort matters. So I started organizing, um, live comedy events and I wasn't a nonprofit or anything like that. So I would just do these events, it was enormous amount of work producing them and I would produce them and then just hand out the checks to, nonprofits that were, you know, saving pit bull type dogs. And then, um, after doing it for a few years, I ended up, you know, I did it locally in Los Angeles and then I, I, um, went national with it. And then after doing it for a few years, I, um, became a, a nonprofit myself because I was organizing a March on Washington, um, to help raise awareness about the dog fighting epidemic and breed specific legislation. And so, um, 
it just has continued on from there and it's been going now for 11 years and um it's crazy it's sad that it has to exist but it does yeah i used to say that if my job became obsolete i would be very happy yeah yeah i mean i mean yeah people have asked you know what what's your goal? What, what, what do you, what, what do you want to see with the foundation? You know, what, what would be the best thing, best case scenario? I'm like the best case scenario would be to shut it down, remove the website and never have right. to think about it again. Not yeah. Need it but, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's just it. And unfortunately, uh, while I do think things have improved slightly, um, I it's, you know, you, you can't unteach stupid. Like if, if someone wants to be stupid and live in ignorance and hate and discriminate and, and not educate themselves or, or open their minds to, to truth and reality. In fact, I mean, there's not a lot you can do. So we just have to work with what we have and mm-hmm. keep trying to fight for these dogs, which is what, you know, I'm going to keep doing until I'm dead. So. Right. I think we're, we're right there. there. With, we're yeah. right there with you. Right there with you. <laughs> cool. So what was it Good. about? Angel, because a lot of people will get a pit bull and they'll still remain ignorant to what actually goes on and how these these breeds are, you know, basically destroyed on a daily basis. There, there's mm-hmm. so much bias against them. What was it about Angel that made you want to like dig a little deeper to find out what's actually going on and peel back the layers? Um, you know, she, I, I have met, you know, I've had the privilege of of you know meeting so many pitbull type dogs over the years. And, um, and I have two now that are, that are pretty hilarious and they're, spectacular. They're so cute. Uh, yeah. They're ridiculous. Oh my actually. God. Their faces. I can't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know. Um, you know, I, I think that like, I, it's really hard to articulate, um, what angel was or, you know, um, she just was this, this being who had experienced and, and known clearly you know, she was fostered a little bit before me, um, before I got her. So she got to experience, you know, respect and love in that sense. But, uh, but she had been through so much hell, like so many of them have, and she just was her inherent goodness could not be broken. And, and who she was just really inspired me. She was the opposite of everything that I am. You know, she like loved everybody. She was like (laughs) patient and kind and, and, and all of these things. And, um, I just was blown away by, I mean, she just taught me, she's the greatest teacher. I've, I've said this a million times that she's the greatest teacher I've ever known. And she never said a word. Yep. And you she know, I'm you to your core. Yeah. She just, she was everything. And, and for whatever reason, who she was translated to, to other people, they were also impacted by her on an extreme level. And it wasn't anything that I manufactured or, or produced or like created some narrative. She just was who she was. And I just shared her with the world. And, and, you know, um, I didn't really realize what was happening when it was happening, I guess, because I just was involved. I just had my head down and just was working and working and still do. But it was like when she passed away is when, you know, I mean, I knew that she was a special being and she was creating change and, and um, incredible when, you know, I would show up in cities and people would be lined up around the venues to, to meet her in the kissing booth, you know? And like, mm. I was like, wow, this is crazy. It never stopped being insane and exciting and cool. But when she passed away, it was like, you know, 
her effect still lives on just as much as it did when she was here, yeah. you know, and she really made an impact in the world. And, and, um, even national geographic put her in a book, um, that's so of 125 cool. animals that changed the world. Did you see that? No, that's amazing. Yeah. What an honor. Yeah. She's a really special being. I, I feel bad for anyone who didn't meet her. <laughs> yeah, well, honest, I'm, like, I'm a little bummed. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. She was a one of a kind and, very special. They're all one of a kind. They're all special, right. but hundred percent. there is definitely, I mean, Sally and Todd are sitting here, so I don't want to like insult them because <laughs> I don't want to deal, I don't want to deal yeah. with their shit later. <laughs> I, my story is very similar to yours. Like I was yeah. doing a job that I, you know, I liked, but it wasn't my passion. And then, um, my parents got me my first pit when I was 16 that I either got a sweet 16 or a pit bull. And I was like, I want the pit bull, but they gave me the party anyway. <laughs> so I kind of worked out. Um, yeah. and her name was Dottie and and I have her tattooed on my arm and she was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Sorry. Um, but like she changed my whole world, everything that I wanted to do, like just her being a pit. And like, we fell in love, like me and my mom watched Pipples and Prolies. And like, I had such like a passion for like helping this breed. And I was like, I turned to my mom and I was like, I'm going to be a dog trainer. And she was like, oh, okay, let's do it. And I got certified and here we are. We met at the SPCA and it would have, if I just, I truly believe like if we never got Dottie and we had dogs all growing up, but if we never got her, I don't know mm -hmm. where I would be now if that would ever happen. Isn't it interesting? Like, yeah, it's like, I, you know, in my opinion, I, I not even in my opinion, I feel the same way. Like everything good that's ever happened in my life is because of Angel. It stemmed from her. All of it. Yeah, because um, we could have got a different dog. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so happy. I, I'm devastated I didn't get more time with her. She's gone way, way too soon, but I'm really happy with, I would never change one second of the time I did have with her. It's the best thing ever. I'm yeah. so proud to be her mom. You always will be. Yeah. And yeah, now like sure. look at her legacy and it just continues and the wakes just yeah. continue. I'm sure you've toured so many animal shelters in New Jersey. We're at like 60 to 70% occupancy is pit bull type dogs. And yeah. that's where obviously I got to really know them and I love all dogs. I love all breeds, but there's no other breed that had the resiliency that a pit bull has and then had the ability to like forgive. Like we had these dogs that we'd bring them in on cruelty cases. And one that I really remember, we named her Honey. And she had from a collar that was embedded, sliced all the way through her neck. And she just loved people. And she was treated so poorly. And just to see like that she's capable of forgiving humans and trusting again. And I, you don't see that with other breeds. A lot of times you'll get breaking down and can't be touched or don't trust for a very long time. And it always seemed to be Pipples were the ones that were just resilient every single time. And that's when mm -hmm. I started to have such a, a huge respect for the breed. Yeah. Well, you know, um, and the word breed is like a loose term just because the term Pitbull is not really it you know, a breed. It's just a term used to describe yeah. a type right. of dog based on their looks. And so, and you'll piss off the APBT people, the American yeah, they can, they can blow me. They oh, can all the totally time. They, they yell at me in Facebook groups and I'm like, why are you arguing with me? You have a pit bull. Stop it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm fully aware of what an, uh, an American pit bull terrier is. I'm also fully aware that, um, dogs just because they have square heads and short hair are also called American pit bull terriers and labeled pit bulls, which sadly puts them in a category that makes it harder for them to get a chance at life. So um, I have zero interest in communicating or arguing with those people. Like, Absolutely. shut the fuck 100%. up and just 
You're fighting the wrong fight here. Uh, it's not even, it's not even, so they're like, why don't you change Stand Up for Pits, the name, if, you know, you're misled, shut up. <laughs> and those are the people that do nothing. Yeah. They do nothing. That's all they care about. I know. I know. They're eating Doritos on their mommy's couch in the basement. Exactly. And they, they're experts. So um, <laughs> it is what it is. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I think they're extraordinary and I, I love all of them. I'm, I'm just in love with all of them. They're, I think I've, I've seen a t-shirt that says like, I want all like, just wine and all the dogs or something. There's this shirt I've seen and it's like, yeah, like really, I just want wine and all I the dogs. get on board with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board with it for sure. It's a good idea. What does Stand Up For Pits do like locally? I know that Stand Up For Pits does a lot of like spay and neuter clinics or will cover the cost yeah. of spay and neuters. Um, yep. Is that locally? Do you branch out? Because I always see you posting, you know, things in Chicago, you know, things all over the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, we started here locally. We're based here, um, but we're national. I mean, we are a national organization and we're not a rescue. We don't, we don't pull dogs and yeah. we don't have fosters and place them or whatever. we we do support frontline, frontline rescues locally and nationally. So, um, there's no real, you know, line that's like, Oh, we're going to do this in Los Angeles now or that like, for example, um, there was a story about these 40 or, uh, I think it was 24 dogs or something like that. 24 dogs living in an RV. I don't know if you oh saw God. that story on our social media. They were like Chihuahua, which are to me, the honorary pit bulls of the group because you know, <laughs> they're, they're the ones they're, they fill the shelters too and need help. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, and this local rescue got them all. And then she, she wanted to, you know, obviously they're going to place them. It's a huge save and they needed help with spay and neuter. And so stand up for pits gave them a $5,000 angel grant. Amazing. So there, there was three of three or four of them that are pregnant. So it was a total of like over 40 dogs that needed to get fixed. Yeah. So that's a local, you know, effort that we did. It wasn't spay and neuter angel day. It didn't fall under that initiative. However, it's, you know, frontline rescue effort. And we saw that the need was there. And, you know, if we didn't, they're not, they didn't, we really do want to keep things pit bull type dog only. But in this case, like, you know, our shelters are so full and everything and and this rescue needed help. So we stepped up in that capacity and, and doing so is going to help, you know, keep space open in shelters. That's what I was just going to say. Even though they were yeah. pits, you were helping those dogs get out, which leaves their their capacity open for other pits exactly. to come in and be saved. So, you know, it takes a village. It does. Yeah. And, and uh, we, you know, we're really particular about groups we work with and, um, and this group does a really great job and they give us the updates that we ask for because we're not there doing them. And mm -hmm. we ask for updates and photos and videos and how are all the dogs doing and are they fixed and placed and all that. And they're really good about doing that. So, and we'll do that around the country. We've helped in so many different capacities. I mean, we've helped facilities. We've donated to facil facilities, help fix their fences around their, um, around their place, their sanctuary so that they can have dogs. We've helped fix, um, uh, cruelty, uh, video, um, there was a vehicle that broke down a Jeep that was used in a, in Ohio for a um, cruelty. Uh, I think it was it the SPCA. I don't know who it was, but we helped fix that. We've helped um, spay neuter and we've helped dogs get prosthetic, you know, prosthetic leg. And yeah. it, it's, it runs the gamut. You know I mean? It's, it's, I see you we've pay, done it all. You pay for training too. We have, yeah. we have. Yeah. Which I love. I'm very, very reluctant now. Um, due to some past experience that have been really unfortunate with, um, endorsing trainers just because, 
sadly you find out other behaviors were going on that you didn't know about. And it's really disgusting yeah. and sad. Yeah. Um, so I'm really reluctant to do that anymore, but we have, yes, we have, yeah. um, because that if, if done properly, it can be a real solution. hundred so percent. Yeah. We're really big about solution driven, um, efforts and initiatives and stuff. We're on the board of a rescue that operates just locally within uh, Ocean <laughs> County and Monmouth County here in New Jersey. And we mm-hmm. saw it firsthand at one of our events. We were doing a, a fundraising event for Christmas and a trainer who had worked with the rescue previously before we got on board. Was boarding some of our dogs at the time yeah, as he, well. He would frequently board and train our dogs. And as far as everybody knew him, what they told us was that he was a positive reinforcement dog trainer. And yeah. sure enough, Jamie sees him from across the, the well, property. It, the thing was, we're literally in his backyard. It's dark at this point. Like they just had like Christmas lights up and like Edison bulbs. So it was kind of dark. And he kind of came around where we have like our adoption bus and he changed his outfit. So he didn't look like the guy who owned the property. Like he just looked like somebody who came to the event because like random people came to the event with their dogs. And I just see this guy like holding this dog up by his, the martingale that's on like this hanging. dog's neck, hanging the dog because like she kept kind of like lunging. Fo- she was excited. She looked, she probably was under a year old, full grown, pity, of course. Hanging up off the ground. Yeah, like, you know, like when, when negative reinforcement trainers, like when they, when they have a dog and they like, just like they leash pop them back. Like he kept hanging her. And I was no, like- It was more than a leash pop though. Yeah, her it definitely- From paws were yeah, hanging yeah, off yeah. the ground. So I went over, cause I'm looking at John, I'm like, Cause he's, he's always the one that kind of keeps me calm. And I'm like, can I go say something now? Because I'm about to lose my shit. And I go over there and I'm like, hi, is there a problem? And he looks up at me and I'm like, oh shit. I was like, it's the guy who owns the house. And I'm like trying to like talk to him. Like, can we like not do this right now? Cause like people are watching you. And like, Mm -hmm. that's not what we stand for. This is literally like an adoption event of our rescue. And then we have the guy who's like letting us use his house, hanging a dog. And I'm like. Uh, can we like take this elsewhere? Cause like, this is not what we do. And I, I, if it wasn't the owner, I would have had so much more to say, but I was in such a weird spot. I was like, wasn't prepared for it. And I was like, yeah. right, can we just like move? And then I told all the other, uh, people on the board and they were flabbergasted, but I think they just, there, there are a few older ladies. And I just don't think they, they thought to ask. But then after that, they're yeah. like, well, we're not using him anymore. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it really does suck. And you know, people have asked me because, you know, Sally is, um, Sally is super, super dog reactive, like really, really dog reactive. And the only dog that she loves on earth is Todd. And she's really, really strong. And there's times, you know, I live in a city and I'm walking down the street and she's going bananas. Yeah. And I'm holding him. I'm tiny. And, you know, I'm having to drag her, like physically yeah. drag this dog where like, if you didn't know me, you'd be like, wow, that lady is really... I'm I'm yeah. holding on for dear life. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, no, no, no. You need to get your dog on a leash and get moving down that street <laughs> uh-huh. because I'm holding here a beast. And you know, and then Todd, I have another dog. I walk them separately now because after so many, Too you much. know, she's knocked me down on the ground. I've been on my knees getting drugged by her. Yeah. strong girl. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've I've done that for, you know, I understand if, you know, if 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 someone was like going, okay, there's this is a life or death situation yes. and you got to hang on to that dog and drag them away 100%. from the thing and you know, yes, you're doing what's best to keep the dog safe or whatever, but these trainers that you know, that 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 are having that have these dogs under their care and you know, are beating them or isolating them 
and the list goes on and on. It is just it's abuse. It is abuse. And I mean, I, I, when I see it on, on social media, it literally makes me physically sick to my stomach. There's this dude who, um, he calls it bonking. He wraps a towel as tight as he can. Have you seen this? No. No. And he bashes the dog over the head with it as hard as he can to where the dog will scream. What, what is, what is the science behind that? That makes no sense to me. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. And I called him out um, and I posted about it. And then him and his his supporters were, you know, coming for me. Uh-huh. And how dare you yep. and blah, blah, blah. It's just like that. And, w- and what sucks is, unfortunately, you know, there's just no laws that protect dogs against that. And that dipshit who was slamming the dog in the door. Yep. I know you commented on that a few times. Like, Asshole. what are you what are you doing, dude? You're slamming a dog in a door to teach. But and, there's, and there's so no... many people who are like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, you just can't fix stupid. Like, people are like, this is great. I'm like, that is abuse. If you did that to a child, you'd be in jail. Well, that's for sure. But the other thing, too, which is is a bummer, which is really sad, too, is that, you know, a lot of people don't. I, I, I mean, as much as I want to say, you know, people are just stupid and just chalk it up to that. There some people you know, I always, I have compassion for people too. Cause I've been a dog owner for many, many, many years. And I used a prong collar at one point when I first got angel, mm-hmm. she's 85 pounds. And if she wanted to go, yeah. I'd be going with her. You yeah. know, I, you I didn't did see that there any other way. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do use a prong collar now, mm-hmm. but I did with her and did it help? No. Uh, she did what she wanted to do. And then I just learned to accept it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I wasn't a bad person. And I think that the majority of people aren't bad people. Mm-hmm. I think that they, they're just trying to do what they're trying to do. You know, they get a dog, whether it's a rescue or not, and it has past issues and they don't have the tools. They don't know just like I didn't mm-hmm. that. And that was what, you know, only 12 years ago or 11 years ago. I didn't know that's what was being told to me by trainers. Like yep. you may want to try that. That might slow her down. And you know, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't said like, yanker you know it just was like yeah try that and I did but I I think that there needs to be more resources out there for people who really want to help their dog but just don't know how you know what I mean and they end up going to these people who they it's like a mechanic you know your car breaks down I don't know how to fix a car I'm gonna go to a mechanic that everyone says is good you later yep. find out that mechanic is ripping you off and giving you the wrong diagnosis. Well, that's a bummer, but that's humanity. It's going to happen. So that's, that's, I, I wish that somebody would start a, a like a, a website or a resource center where people could go nationwide to find reputable folks like yourself and, mm-hmm. and learn about like provide videos and learn about what is okay and what isn't okay. And the mind, the psychology of a dog, how they learn, how they return, retain it. That's what, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. Like that's we, great. Little by little. we really are because I'm a behavioral consultant. Like you said, I don't like when people call, call themselves experts because I don't know everything. I'm still learning. I'm, I'm still yeah. young. And especially, we all are. Yes. Yeah. Especially in the training world. Like most trainers are much sure. older than I am. And when they see me, they're like, oh, what's this twerp doing? I'm like, well, at least I'm trying. Like I'm really yeah. trying to learn every single dog that I train and I, I learn from every single time yeah. and it helps me help the next dog. I, everything that well, I do. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, no, I do have a quick question. This is by the way. Hi Todd. Look at the lip. I, I love that <laughs> lip. 
Um, so do you think as a trainer that like, um, like five years, there's a chance that what you're doing now, you might not be doing five years from now No, that it, your training will evolve. Oh, or you think yeah. that this oh. will always remain the same. It depends on the science. We follow yeah. the science. So interesting. When, yeah. 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 When she says, cause I'm not a canine behavior consultant, but she is. So that's a certification through the IAABC, the international association of animal behavior consultants. And mm-hmm. it's all science-based and it's all veterinarian. You know, they supervise, the vets supervise, and they'll have this, uh, not so much a curriculum, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like core values that need to Guide, be followed. Like, like they have the CDC has yes, like guidance guidelines. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So everything we do is in accordance with that. And it's, it's, it's all science-based. It's all positive reinforcement. It's all fear-free. Yeah. And that's what works. But that evolves, right? And changes. It's always so, changing. From what I've, yeah, what I've seen, training methods and ide- ideology and, and, and all that stuff, it changes over time. So we're, what are people supposed to do? Like, is there a place where people can go where they can continue to keep evolving and learning? As the science changes, as methods change. 100%. I think that there's that the problem with social media is that anybody, and especially with the dog industry, is like anybody can wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to be a dog trainer. You don't need a certification to do anything. I know. So that's the problem. And so everyone is like looking on social media and let's face it, everybody loves drama. Like everyone's going to watch that Netflix show because it's on Netflix. What Uh, one? What's it called? Canine Intervention. Where they use negative reinforcement. Everyone's like, oh, did you watch that? And I'm like, no, because it's crap. I'm not going to watch that. They use prong collars and shot collars Are, for no reason. Is that seriously a Netflix show? Yeah, it yes. just came out. Uh, I think it aired in February. Yep. And it's it, this is the problem is that abusing dogs is sexy. That's what people, for people whatever like reason, people want to see that. They don't want to see. They don't want to see me taking, taking two months to train a dog and it can't be put into a, a 30 seconds on Instagram. Right. A positive reinforcement takes longer. They want to see the instant results. They want to see that makes the me drama. So, it angers me so much. That's such a platform that. Yeah. But you know what upsets me? There's so many other people out there who could be doing a better job. Like there. And here's the thing. I'm not sexist. Obviously I have a husband. I love men. They're great. But you're, you're, right. ta- <laughs> you're talking about a world where we're trying to like support women and push women forward. There are tons of women who do what I do, but we chose yet again another man who's using negative reinforcement, just like Caesar Milan. You're going to put him on a pedestal. You're going to put these guys on a pedestal. And then there's some other trainer, I forget his name. They just had him on, um, uh, what's it called? Something uh, today. Good morning. America. Good morning, America. Yeah. Another, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, what's his name? He's where a, is he he's based a, out of? TikTok. He does TikTok. That's he got TikTok famous and they threw him on. Yeah, I forget his name, Um, but he's another one who's standing there with his Saint Bernard, who is the laziest dog in the world, on a prong collar. Like you're literally on national television. You put your dog on a prong collar to just stand there. Is it this guy? Is it him? Vinny. Does he have long hair? He's the guy with the long hair, and he it's um. I forget. This is from March third, so. I think Ugh. it winds up. I don't know why our internet's so slow right it's now. It's probably him, but it, it just I was just watching it. And I was like, literally reeling in anger because I was like, "This is the person that you choose to put on," and it's like you could have done your research on so many different other trainers, but you chose to go with TikTok because that's who's everyone is following because it's social media. Yeah, drives me nuts. Yeah, it's it's really it just sucks because I I truly believe because I know as my you know I know for myself that. You know, I, I was always as a as a dog parent, you know, 
always looking for like, what's the right thing to do? What's the right food? What's the right routine? What's the right shampoos? What you just want to do the the, the right thing. And I truly think most dog owners, they're trying, they're trying. And so I, I understand that, you know, and, and when your dog is reactive or has separation anxiety or the myriad of problems they can have, Mm -hmm. and you don't know what to do, it's helpless feeling. And you're going to want to go where you're going to want to try things and do yeah. things that people tell you to do and that you believe in and trust. And yeah, especially if you don't have a ton of money, you're going to go on Google and you're going to take little pit, little snippets from different trainers and different people saying this and Facebook well, there's groups. So many books too. Oops. Hang on. Can you see me? <laughs> there we are. Can you see me? Yep. Okay. There's so many books you know, that you can read. I used to buy all the books of all the, the monks of new and all of these books of all these different training methods and stuff and be like, I wonder what, you know, what that's about. And, this, and, um, you know, so I get it, but I just wish that I feel like, you know, that was years ago, yeah. you know, buying books, people yeah. don't buy books now, <laughs> no. but you know, I I'm 50 years old. So I'm aging myself a little bit. Okay. What you found the guy. Yeah. yeah. Is it say it once dog training? Yes. Him. Okay. Say, say it, it once. once dog training. So it's in the name. In the name, it, it and they, just explains they it. Call them, yeah, it they call them balanced trainers. Like, no, you're just negative reinforcement. You really don't use much positive at all. And for me, like, you don't get to say you're both. You're either one or the so, other. Yeah. I just think, I, I think, like, you know, back in the day, there wasn't the resources that we have now or yeah. the ability to go on Google. And, you know, we have, we have that as a social media can be a very positive thing and a very negative thing. Yeah. And I just think that like, it would be great to figure out a way to provide real information. And, and in some way, I don't think like you were just saying that, you know, trainers and stuff can just, um, say they're trainers or I had a guy who stalked me, him and his girlfriend stalked me during when I was organizing the Pibble March and were, were, were enraged that I wouldn't let it was, it was so insane. It was so, so insane. These two people. And uh, had to get cease and desist orders against them because Wait, they were so they psychotic. Um, they just hated my guts. And <laughs> it stemmed from um, him, me telling him that he couldn't bring his dog to a stand up for pits event because it's not a dog park. It's a stand up for pits event. Yeah. And the only dogs that would be there had to be. They were insured. There's reasons. Yeah. It, it's not 100%. even his business. You don't. It, if your dog isn't allowed, your dog isn't allowed. Well, oh, he so was he, like, he just got offended because you said no. Oh yeah. Yeah. And him and his girlfriend came for me hardcore for over a year with DM followers. Can you with, imagine how crazy, miserable psychotic. how miserable they must be to have given you so much of their life? Right. Well, now he's a dog behaviorist and life coach. Oh, oh he's a behaviorist. Oh. So he he's does a it vet. all. So he's a vet. Oh, he does it all. He does it all. See, this is what so, gets me. People will call themselves behaviorists. You mm-hmm. have to be a vet. To be a behaviorist. Yeah, that's the one you, thing that's regulated. Drives me nuts when people are like, oh, I'm a behaviorist. No, you're not. You did not go to school and you are not certified but see, as a doctor. Okay, but, but just to tell you, that's something I did not know that. I yeah. just learned that right now from you. So my organization's mission and the work that I do doesn't isn't dog training yeah. focused in any way, shape, or form. We don't have dog trainers that we work with, or yeah. like I said earlier, we don't even, you know, tell people, suggest dog trainers to people because I don't, no, I'm not going to It's going vet. down a you whole know, just, other path. <laughs> it is. And so I'm not, but I'm pretty in tune. You know, I, I feel like I am, but what you just said, I just learned something. Yeah. Cause people so don't talk about, about it. 
They okay, don't. Well, then why isn't there a resource? That we could send right with this and post to people. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. We try to get our stuff out to like the masses, but you know, it's just the two of us and we're, we're really trying to do it all. And, and sometimes it's hard when it's just two people, but we I are, get that. I, I listen. Yeah, I get that. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, we do. We, so we're on a board of a rescue. We have our own, uh, 501 C3, um, uh-huh. that supports dogs who need MRIs for neurological things. Um, and we have our training business. We have our dog walking business. So we do we do quite a bit. Trying to get our stuff out there and people listen is the hardest thing. It's like one thing to like do the production, make a video, make it sound really good. For, for people to be like, wow, that's really amazing. And like them understand it is the hardest part. Because like John said, it's so much easier for people to just do the negative reinforcement route. Because do you have, do you guys, are you local or national? So I, we are, we're mostly local, but like because of COVID, like we've extended our virtual training. Like I have clients in all over the United States. I have clients in five other countries because of virtual training. And it's actually, I finding is working so much better than in person. I'm even making my people in Monmouth County and in, in New Jersey, I'm making them do one virtual training first before I come in person. Cause we get so much more done. Over but do you offer, is there a website or a link where you break down what the information that you're telling me, like in order of behaviorist, this is what is required. Here's what, you know, here's the negative things. Like, is there, is there a resource provided or if you don't provide it or do you know of any that, that, you know, we would even put a link on our website if it was legitimate information that was like what John was saying, based in science yeah. and, and, you know, uh, current information about, you know, the psychology of animals, dogs, and the best way to do things. Is there, is there a place where people can go simply put to say, here are, you know, here are our top five dog trainers in the country. Here's their philosophy. Mm -hmm. Here's something that you can learn by watching them. Here's what we recommend you do. Like, is there any, any resource like that in the world available to people. I think the closest thing you're going to get to that is going to the IAABC's website, the IAABC.org, and then they have some information available. It's not the most user-friendly layout, but then oh. you can search your area and find the canine behavior, like certified canine behavior consultants who follow all of those theories and uh, everything science-backed. They list them in relative to where you live, so you can find a local... Uh, canine behavior consultant. Oh, that's that way. good. Yeah. So, so they're that's, guaranteed. That's there's there. only two of what I do, me and somebody else in Monmouth County. And there's eight in the whole state. So, and then there's probably, oh, I don't know, several hundred dog trainers in the state. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it makes weeding Can through. You guys, are you able to get together with them and create a, like a unity, a unified group where you could, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. How we can help more my people. Wheel. Yeah. Because like I said, like you just said, like people are giving, you know, people with massive platforms who, who aren't teaching the correct methods, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can't really fault the people that are going to believe them because they think, oh, well, they're on the TV and, right. you know, yeah. they have a my blue dog check mark. Is, yeah. So, so if there's a way that, you know, I don't know, I, I just, it's I, hard. Believe me, we rack our brains all the time how to get more yeah. people to listen we, to what we we're need trying to this. say. I, I hate to say it, but we need this regulated by the government, but then well, you run the risk of yeah. them fucking that up. So it's, it's tough. 
It really is. Well, I think, I think a good, a good challenge would be, and you know, if, you know, whenever I, I don't know if you follow, you know, our social media closely or not, but yes, pretty whenever much. <laughs> I post something, you know, I try to post something with a call to action because bitching about something isn't going to fix it. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, and, and just posting something to post it isn't, isn't going to, you know, you, I think it's most effective to get people active, to activate people, to make people invested in something so that change can come about. The best way of doing it is like, you know, writing sort of a call to action format where it's like, here's what the problem is. Uh, here's what needs to be done. And here's what you can do to help. Yeah. And if, you know, when, when I share that I'm on this and, you know, talk to you guys, you know, I'm an honest person. I'm being authentic and in things I know, things I don't know, but I would want to put in, you know, I would also want people to know when this is posted and, and, and shared or whatever that, you know, here's what we talked about and you can go to that website. I want to include the website that you just mentioned, John. And I want to also like, maybe there's a way that we can create a call to action where people can be directed to you to kind of help because we're a national organization. If you know of those dog trainers and you know of the trainers doing this certain kind of positive reinforcement training that you want to get more out there and educate people about, then there has to be a way to, there there has to be a way of, of getting that information out there. First start would be maybe, maybe you can um, get people to someone to, to, you know, agree to build a website. And then start adding information bit by bit, making sure it's vetted and accurate and current where, you know, when you have an issue or I post a dipshit slamming a dog in a door after I'm pissed about it. And after I say this is intolerable, then I can instead of just rate because then what what is that going to do leaving it there so right. leave people giving comments you going Fuck that guy. this is yeah. you know yes you can say that too but what would be great is at the end of it to go and here's a website you can go to learn and you know share that with others yeah. and you know and then who knows programs could come from it i mean i built stand up for pits from nothing yeah essentially you know it was it was based on information I'd learned, I was uneducated. I became educated and still learn all the time, you know, and I still don't know everything and never have claimed to know everything, but you can, you have to start somewhere. And if you guys, I feel like if you guys started some sort of movement, some sort of, you know, you guys seem very passionate about it. It might be a great thing to, to, to To provide a resource to people. Yeah. That, that will really truly, that, that can really be helpful to them mm-hmm. because I yeah. think people want to do the right thing, right. even though I'm not a fan of humanity. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get that twisted. But I think, I think people do want to do, they do honestly want to do the right thing. They're just not. Yeah. Most they of the just time don't have the resources when we train, like I'll go to a client that's gone to like probably three trainers prior to me. And I have to undo everything that those trainers have done because Really, what I, what's different between like me and just a, a trainer in general, like being a dog trainer is mostly like command-based and obedience. I go beyond that and I'm more like emotional. It's more behavioral. Yeah. It's, it's your emotions. Like for Sally, she doesn't like other dogs, right? Yep. If, if you were my client, be like, all right, we need to make her like other dogs. That emotionally, that's all I care about. I don't care if she can sit, stay, or come. It doesn't matter. But what me. about... Okay, but let me ask you this though, because we might not agree on this point then. Okay. Because I don't think I have to make her like other dogs. No, you, only if you wanted to. Only if you I wanted see, but to. 
I see. Okay. But yeah. I, I mean, she loves Todd. People ask me all the time. What, how did you get Sally and Todd to be best friends? I didn't. They chose each other. I just, pro- I just provided them a safe and loving environment. Exactly. They didn't go to a trainer. Yeah. They didn't, I didn't consult with anybody. I just, you know, provided this environment, this safe, loving environment for them. And yes. after a few months, they're spooning. Now, so, most people will come to me like you. They have other dogs in the home. And they're like, I just want my walking to me be more enjoyable. I don't even care if my dog ever oh, plays I see with what it. you're saying. Like, yeah, because that does suck to get dragged down the street. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. And, and this is my thing. I was just talking to a client yesterday. Like, like her her neighbors were saying, like, your dog's aggressive. And she's like, no, my dog just doesn't really like you. Like, you're kind of annoying. So my dog's saying, like, hey, I don't really want to deal with you. And like for us, just similar with children, like, your my kid doesn't have to like your kid. It's not a big deal. Like, as long as they're respectful to each other, it's no big deal. So I'm I'm like pro in that area of like, not every yeah. dog needs to play with other dogs. Like you see people all the yeah. time like, oh, is your dog friendly? And I say no. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, it it's not a bad thing. My dog just doesn't want to play with your dog. That's how I feel about yeah. it too. And I, I, I'm very much about that because, you know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, we, we, we think these dogs, we treat these dogs like little robots that yeah. need to be programmed to fit into they're our- They're not here to please you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if they're not going to, if they can't, like Sally doesn't like other dogs. And that's, that's the fine. end of the story. Does it suck when we walk on leashes? Yeah, that's why I carry an umbrella. <laughs> that's why I wear, I make sure that I'm wearing shoes, not sandals. Yep. That's why when I see a dog, I cross the street, try to make her look up, you know. Yeah. I do what I have to do to stop her from going psychotic. Yeah, everyone thinks that we're always here to please them and make their life more enjoyable. Like, that's not why my dog's here for you. Like, my dog's here to love me and be with my family. But a lot of people will come to me like you where, like, walking is tough. It's unenjoyable. And, like, they want to walk their dogs. The the walk is really for the dog. Um, And I'll help them be able to get through those moments easier. The goal is never to have your dog love other dogs. I don't even care. I hate dog parks. They're not my thing. I think they're dangerous and you can't uh-huh. trust people. It's again, like Same. you said, it's humanity. You can't trust humanity. Yeah. And um, yeah. so basically I work with people on the emotions of it. Like for Sally, I want her to feel like it's okay to be around other dogs. She, it, she doesn't mm. have to play, but I don't want yeah. her to be so upset that she needs to lunge or react or bark or do anything um, that is, you know, making it difficult for you guys to enjoy yourselves. And that's right. the basis of what I do. I don't care if she can sit. It doesn't matter to me. I want her to be a happy and healthy dog and be able to go for a walk with her mom. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So that's very, it's a little different than what, what most dog trainers do. Like some of them will say, you know, have your dog sit and, and tell them to do this and do that. It's not about obedience. It's about emotions. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. the difference. Yeah. I posted a really awesome, um, an animal cruelty officer here, here in LA gave me, uh, sent me this, it's like a 10 or 11 minute video. I'll tag you guys in it. Mm Um, I think it might have something to do with the organization that you talked about, how it's science-based. Uh, it was really amazing. And I, I shared that we did a whole, um, we, we did with another animal cruelty officer out of Virginia. Um, we did a, um, an IG live conversation for about an hour about, um, just dog fighting and cruelty. And we touched on training a little bit. He's really adamant about the training thing. Like I said, I'm not, it's not, it's like, it's like dog food, feed raw or not raw or exactly. whatever. It's like, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't really go down the dog training roads because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not educated enough on it to know. I do know 
the difference though between positive reinforcement and, and a douchebag <laughs> who's trying to overpower an animal. Yeah. Because they have, you know, very, very, very tiny testicles. I 100%. do know and I can recognize if that. If any at all. <laughs> if any we at all. We say it all the time. Um, I always say negative reinforcement trainers are the people who were bullies in high school or were, were bullied in high school. That's right. Yeah. So, so you know, I'm, I, I can recognize that. I'm not that, I'm, you know, I'm not that far detached from it. I'm, I do very clearly recognize that behavior. But. I also, you know, I'm not as deep into it as like, you yeah. know, Caesar is or, or, um, the woman that we did the, you know, um, the cruelty officer out of Virginia. So they've gave, you know, he gave me this video that I shared and people loved it. It was so informative. It cool. was so great. We'll have to see that it's all about, uh, yeah, you should. And it's, it was really impactful. It was really, really impactful. So that's why I go back around to saying like, you know, um, I think we need to provide resources, not we, you folks that are in the, you know, behavior side of things, um, need to provide resources to people who need help, Yeah, you know, um, because, you know, these dogs are big and strong and, you know, I, as a tiny person myself, you know, um, I, I do understand the importance of like, you know, I double leash Sally. Yeah. People yeah. ask me about it all the time. I have a, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but I have a leash on her. I have a martingale on her neck and yeah. I have a harness on her body and I wrap both of those around because if one of them broke, I want yeah, a backup. A hundred percent. I just, you know, I'm doing everything that I can to provide, to never allow an incident to happen yeah. that would, that would You're hurt her or anyone else. So, rather than reactive. Yeah. People are always like, why, why does she have double leash? I'm like, she's really, really strong. And why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Be why, safe, exactly. You know? Why not? Why wouldn't I, yeah. if I could avoid an issue, why wouldn't I? Yeah, exactly. So, it's just about, you know, showing people and then like, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. You know, and it's not a prong collar. It's not any of these other bullshit methods. It's, yeah. a, it's just, they're both humane. They're both respectful of who she is, but they're going to hold her back when she turns into, you know, a nut job, which she likes to do, but she's pretty cute. Like, <laughs> she is. Like if you're going to be a nut job, you, <laughs> you better be <laughs> cute. <laughs> you better be cute. <laughs> um, that actually reminds me of a post that you had made it might have been several months ago now, but one of the key key parts of behavior modification is to set the stage. So not even doing anything as far as doing like training sessions with the dog, but it's just setting them up for success, not putting them in situations where they're going to fail. Right, and right. I don't know if it was Sally or if it was Todd who had chewed your slippers. It was, oh, Todd, it was Todd. It was, it was Todd. Todd. <laughs> and someone said to put cayenne pepper on the slippers and that'll be the last time he chews it. And you I had, remember that. Yeah, and yeah. you replied and you said... Or I could just put my slippers away where they belong. Yeah, I did. I was horrified by that. Why? I think I said more than that. I think I said he. I don't. I he think doesn't I deserve said, it I or something like that. that. Yeah. I said something like, "Why should he have to suffer the pain of cayenne pepper?" That doesn't seem. I. I, I kind of went for her a little bit. I remember <laughs> that right. she kind of had to come. And then I said, "And or move my slippers and put them where they belong." Yep. Like it's my fault. He did that. Mm -hmm. And. And I do remember that it really pissed me off that she said that it was shocking to me. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I remember people piled on her a little bit <laughs> and were like, what do you, what, what the, what are you <laughs> but talking this is, about? This you is what that? I'm talking about. It's laziness. And I'm sure she doesn't Bonkers. mean it, but she, she has fallen into the trap of thinking That's it. to That's be it. reactive. She it. Yes. 
And this is the problem. People will come to me all the time, especially with potty training with puppies or older dogs or whatever. And they're like, smack them on the nose, put them in the crate, yell at them, put their face in the poop. And I'm like, you were not there to take your dog out. You should smack yourself in the face and put your face in the poop (laughs) because you didn't take your dog out. It's not your dog's fault. And it drives me nuts. I love that training method. You should really write a book called Smack Yourself in the Face. You're a dumpster. No, I mean. Seriously. I know. I know. But it it goes back to that thing. I just don't think there's just enough resources for people. I think people get impatient. It's all that crap. You know, it's like the same reason why people smack their kid in the face. Exactly. That's not okay either. Yeah. We got to get like there's a a much deeper conversation, you know, and um. But I do think that if it's going to be solution driven and you're going to think about what can I do to actually make a difference, I think you got to work on building some sort of resource center that can be easily sent to someone, posted publicly, that can get people involved, maybe do, you know, Instagram live conversations where you can, you know, interact with people and ask questions, answer their questions, you know, keep it short and simple and easy so that people can understand it not so overwhelmed yeah, like we don't do instagram um, live that much no not not I that much why. you guys maybe should and, yeah. and see we, if you can get folks to interact the closest we have is, is our podcast i think we're we're coming up on 80 episodes total oh good and then we have it broken down on our website we have like a it's called we call it the podcast episode guide and it'll we'll break down in topics whether it's like puppies or housebreaking or reactivity reactivity and then the episodes oh, that we really go into detail on that we have the player embedded in so that you can drop down. All right. I want to learn about reactivity and it shows all oh, our episodes cool. about reactivity. So we kind of do have that kind of website going. Right. But it's it just takes... getting people to think that we're good enough to listen to us. Well, also it's, it takes a lot more time to digest a podcast than it is yeah. to read through an article. It does. And skim yeah. Through and find yeah. What you it want. does. There, yeah. You know, the attention span of, you know, most people is like that of a gnat. So you got to just really just, give them something that's specific to them yeah. that they can like click on and go, Oh, okay. You know, I'll try that or something. But, um, sounds like you guys are, you know, on the right path and doing good shit. And I appreciate that and appreciate you having me on. And of course, uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, these dogs are, you know, pimple type dogs are literally magical unicorns as I call them. I don't and, know. If we, uh, can, or we can see our little white one over no, here. I'll move it. She's no, an I angel. Can't. I see it. I see a brown. No, there's the white one. Tishy Tashi Mama. There she is. Oh, Tishy Tashi. I see her. Oh, are you nervous because you're on TV? Oh. <laughs> She's an Look angel. Her. How old is she? She's nine. Oh, and jealousy. Who's that? There. Is that a Rhodesian? No. Okay, so we just did his DNA test. Stop. Everyone yeah, thought what? What? Rhodesian. He is Great Dane, Mastiff, Cocker Spaniel, and Lab. Never, no, no one was right. We did like a giveaway and to yeah. see who, who could guess what he was. Nobody got it right. Oh my gosh. I mean, look at that. <laughs> yeah. I see great day and I can see that. And look I at that do little now. white hip. Yes. Oh she my God. She looks like she a little vanilla cupcake. That amazing. One. I can't stand her. I just want to bite her all the time. Yeah, I know. I get the one you just got to oh. break your teeth because they're so cute. <laughs> um, yeah, she's our foster failure. So 
Yeah, good now, for you. We we have if two foster, foster fails. Fail, do it with that. Uh, do it with a velvet hippo. Uh-huh. That's perfection. Our first foster fail was the Chihuahua mix. She's like twelve pounds of fury. She's such a bitch. Um, and then there's. And her. where is she at? Where She's she, at my she parents' house. Be- no, she doesn't participate. We're in the process of selling our home, so we had the appraisal today. So it's best if she's just out of the house because she's <laughs> so it, reactive. Got it. <laughs> and I then Tasha, Tasha, we failed with. We decided to adopt her on the first of the year. Um, she was basically living outside, was used for breeding. Like I think got to sleep in the garage like every once in a while. She's right. got a huge yeah. scar around her neck. I don't know if it's from a rope or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. she's going to take my, hold on. <laughs> she's going to take my wire out. Um, but she is like John was saying before, like so resilient. She is the friendliest dog in the entire world. Like and if someone broke into her house, she'd be like, are you here to give me pets? Like. Come on yeah. in. It's hysterical. It's the same with same with Todd. He's all he wants to do is just love everyone. And Sally too. I mean, she doesn't like the four legged kinds or squirrels or birds or I mean any any creature other than Todd. I get it. She she loves everybody and everything. And they're just the kindest, sweetest things yep. in the world. And we'll just keep fighting for them one at a time, day 100%. after day. Yep. And so we can do. So uh, if our listeners want to get involved with Stand Up For Pits, so they want to make a donation, where can they find you? Well, they can they can go to standupforpits.us and we have the you know typical PayPal donation button. They can make a donation there um, or on our social media platforms like Instagram. Um, there's a Venmo. They can donate there um, and they can just follow along and. You know, when we when the when the apocalypse ends, they can come to stand up for pits. We usually we do um, we do it every year in New York City uh, at Gotham Comedy Club. So, you know, we'll post on the website what cities we're doing and dates and stuff and they can come and check it out. And yeah, we want to come to that. You, yeah, you should. It's really, really it's such a fun experience. Um, yeah. Get, get a big group and come. Absolutely. So much fun. Um, and, you know, obviously, if people can't donate. That's okay too. Just, you know, educate their neighbor, advocate, you know, um, volunteer, donate shelter supplies. There's always something you can be doing. And, and there's so many dogs that need help. And, um, that's that. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was an awesome conversation and thank you for everything that you do and that you use your platform for. It's really appreciated because you're like a hero. Like, Like we, we definitely idolize everything that you're doing. It's amazing. Oh, well, thanks. You know, it's a, it's a, it's just based on, you know, truth. That's all like the dogs are awesome and they deserve, yeah. they deserve someone to be fighting for them. And, and I don't do it alone. You know, yeah. people like you yeah. doing it with people like you and, and all of the awesome supporters we have around are really dedicated. They don't, they don't sit back and just expect yeah. rescues and foundations to handle everything. They go do something. And, uh, that's that's incredible. To I be just a part love of. that you had like a following prior to this and you used it for like something really freaking awesome. Like that doesn't happen yeah. every day. I I you mean like comedy and then yeah, like you com- had a following yeah. people knew who you were and then you were like, well, now I'm doing this and you used it for good. And people were like, oh, wow, she's doing it. So, yeah, she must know what she's talking about. And like people started following you, really getting into what you were doing and listening to you. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing to to be able to do um, stand, use stand up comedy. Yeah. Um, 
you know, as a way to, to reach people about this, you know, because, you know, the truth of the matter is, is like, I mean, I love comedy and I love writing and all of that, but, um, you know, this is, but I, I love my, my purpose in life is this yeah. doing this. And I found that through angel, but, um, it's a dark cause, you know, it it's is sad. It's hard to talk about. So mm-hmm. that's what makes stand up for Pitt so special is that, you know, as, 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 as painful as it is to all of us, you know, as pain, as hard as it yeah. is, um, you could still come to one of these events and we can all like laugh together and take a second. I love that. Of repeat from the hell. No, you're so it right. Is. It is. It's not even like from a training aspect, it's not easy. I have like, people will come to me again, like after three trainers and their dog is bitten like five people. And they're like, we need this dog to be fixed in a month. If not, they're going to the shelter or they're euthanized. And I'm like, Oh, cause that's not, you know, a big, a big lump on my shoulders that it's on me now after three people messed your dog up. Right. You know, and it's, and it's, it's hard. It's hard. From John's point of view for, from being an animal cruelty officer, like the stuff he had to see, it's, it, it weighs on you. It may, it keeps yeah. you up at night and it's, yes, it's, it's called, there's compassion fatigue is really real. Yep. It's a real thing. And we did I a whole know episode the on officer, it. yeah, what you guys, I know cruelty officer officers, obviously, and it is very hard to, to, you, you don't ever, it, you don't ever erase that from no. your brain. It's really hard to, <laughs> to deal with that. You have to really work it. And at, the work is never done. Too. That's, I know. But. I know. So yeah. Thanks again though, for having me and thanks for all you guys do. And, um, you know, if you build this network of, you know, whatever, whatever grows that, that could provide information or resources to people, to bring them to you and nationally, because remember we're national. Yeah. Um, let you know. Let let us know how Great. we can help with that. Well, thank you so much, and uh, our listeners can find you at Stand Up for Pitts Foundation on Instagram, at Rebecca Corey on Instagram, and StandUpForPitts.us if you're interested in learning more or making a donation. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that interview. That's all we have for this episode. As usual, you can follow us on Instagram at Possum University. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And you can head over to possumuniversity.com if you're interested in online training, doing virtual training with us, if you just need some advice, or if you want to check out our podcast episode guide. And we are still doing the Buy Me a Marabone. So if you want to buy Oakley, Tasha, and Pudge a Marabone, head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum that link is going to be in the show notes as well and definitely head over to at stand up for pits on instagram and at rebecca Corey on instagram and of course head over to standupforpits.us to learn more about the incredible life-saving things that rebecca and the rest of the organization are doing that's all we have for this episode we will talk to you next week class dismissed